You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we talk all about the wife-sharing lifestyle, be it hot wifing, cuckolding, sometimes with a little bit of the uh, the interracial BBC lifestyle thrown in there just to make things interesting. Um, <clears throat> my goal with this is to separate fact from fiction and kind of bring you the stories behind, you know, people exploring the lifestyle and living the lifestyle just to kind of help you get a better understanding of what's really going on. So what I have for you today is a conversation uh, with a young lady by the name of C. She'll go by C for this. And normally when we hear about this lifestyle, usually it's the men who initiate everything. And people always ask me, do you ever see situations where it was the woman who wanted it? And I know that they're out there. They're not as common. Uh, but for you today, I have someone who actually is the one who initiated uh, this dynamic in her marriage. So let me go ahead and introduce you all to see. Why don't you say hello to everyone? Hello, and thank you for uh, having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Likewise, likewise. So uh, as I said, uh, you were actually the initiator of this. Like you realized that this was what you wanted and you went out there and you made it happen. So let's kind of go backwards a little bit. How did all of this get on your radar in the first place? Like when is the first time you can remember just hearing about it? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Cause it goes back a lot of years long before I met my husband. Um, I was married for a long time in a traditional monogamous marriage, uh, had a son. And, uh, although we, didn't argue and fight. We lived separate lives, separate parallel lives. And it was just extremely, extremely lonely. So I left that marriage uh, reluctantly, but I left it. And, and then I vowed to never marry again. And I was single for many years. And during that time, um, you know, I was occasionally reaching out to people on the internet, but I started to play with the femdom uh, dynamic and had a few submissive males and it was fun for play, but I didn't ever see myself doing that on any kind of full-time basis. It was just play. So, uh, you know, I think it sort of spontaneously burbled up. I, you know, I was feeling like I'd like to have somebody that's a little bit more of a companion. I'm losing interest in the casual saying, uh, I don't really just want to do femdom, but so what would be the perfect kind of man for me? And, you know, cuckold popped right to the top. A, I was convinced that I would never be trapped in a monogamous marriage again, where I had all the obligations and restrictions of monogamy and none of the benefits. So I thought a cuckold male is perfect for me. So I, I wrote a, like a little two-line ad on Craigslist years ago mm-hmm. saying, I'm a busy professional. Uh, I'd like to have a companion and the kind of man that would work best with me. 
would be a cuckold male. And that's about all I said. I didn't describe myself. I didn't say any other thing. Uh, and then, you know, as, as things were, if you're a female on Craigslist, you'd get 400 responses anyway. Oh, but, absolutely. So that, that, yeah, so that's how we met. Uh, and I was clear at that time, not intending to marry, but I thought if I'm going to be with someone, I want somebody that's devoted to me and then I have complete freedom because I'm never going to get trapped down again. And, and that's just exactly how it was. Okay, now, during this, this, this single period of your life, had you been with a range? Like, had you actually been with men who were either cuckolds or some, I know you said that you were doing like some femdom stuff, but I'm just trying to figure out, like, that's like playtime, right? Like, you can turn that on and turn that off at will like a light switch. Yeah. But yeah. obviously being in a relationship is completely different. So what was it that made you want to pursue a relationship when before you said you had been married and you had done that and you didn't want to get married again and you were just having fun? Like, was there something missing when you were just doing it kind of for fun? Like, did you want something more? I, I did. I wanted something more, but like not too much, like not all the way to marriage. I wasn't looking for that, but I also, you know, I, the femdom thing sort of the bloom kind of came off that road for me because it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. That's a dynamic where all the energy goes in one direction. You know, it's about torturing him and tying him up and making him do stuff. And you know, it's, it's actually a lot of work. Uh, I get why, uh, pro femdoms are the highest paid non-sexual specialty in the world because it's just a lot of work. And so that wasn't satisfying as far as a real adult relationship was concerned. So there's, so there's a difference there. You know, I wanted to have something more than just a play relationship. And I really just lost interest in the whole femdom thing too. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be an assertive female, but you know, I don't really have interest in, um, in slave, slave trading. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's what's the switch for me. And I think of all the choices that are out there. Um, so I don't want to just purely submissive man. Cause that's, like I said, it's a one, kind of a one way street in terms of how that thing is orchestrated. Um, a cuckold male by its classic definition, a man who's, uh, monogamous uh, and the woman who isn't that seemed perfect. That seemed like the perfect thing. Mm -hmm. So somebody that I could actually have a relationship with that wasn't just play and that we could expand and explore that in another way. Okay. Fantastic. So you placed the, the Craigslist ad. What was the, re I mean, I know obviously there were a lot, but were there any responses that you were able to take seriously or was it a lot of crap? Like what were the responses like to your initial ad? Well, I, I don't remember specifically, it's been quite a long time ago, but in general, <clears throat> my experience was, you know, as I said, anytime you place as a female anything on Craigslist, you're going to get a billion responses. I'm not sure that most people even read your ad. They just see that you're female and you're looking for something and they try and jump in there. So um, I actually didn't meet anybody else from that ad. I, I shut it off like after about 30 minutes, made a date with my husband. And we made, uh, you know, we made a cocktail date, a happy hour date to meet each other. And that's, 
And that's really where it started. So from that particular experience, I didn't meet anybody else but him. Okay, so out of all the, the responses, you only met with one person? That's correct. Okay. Now, is this the person that you subsequently wound up marrying, or this was? It is. Oh, it wow. Is. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I know. I found a husband on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> you could write a book just I on mean, that. I can say that. Yeah, who no, abs- that? absolutely, absolutely. So. No, yeah, we were, uh, we just had a fantastic time. We talked a mile a minute, and he turned right, unlike most people on meet and greet dates, he called me the next day and asked me for dinner that night. And, you know, we've basically been together ever since. Oh, wow. Okay. So what was it about him that stood out to you? If you can recall, like, why did you answer his particular response? Um, he was respectful. He had some credibility. He said, you know, I played this dynamic, uh, with my former wife and found that I really, enjoy it a lot and you're sort of my dream woman and I would just like to meet you. He was just respectful and adult and he, he didn't send me a dick pic or mm-hmm. anything like that. I find so offensive, but so many people do it. Right. Uh, and he just, you know, and then when I met him, you know, he's super, super smart, uh, conversant. He's not submissive in his normal personality at all. He's a really alpha in his day to day and in his business life, which I like that because I'm strong and I need somebody strong up against me. Uh, otherwise I just run over them. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we just, we were just highly compatible in a, in a number of different ways. And how long were you guys, uh, dating before the M word started to creep into your mind? Cause you said you weren't looking for it when you placed the ad. So no. how long were you involved before that started to like, Hey, this might be heading well, there. Yeah. So here's, you know, we had discussed it early on. I mean, we felt we were spending all of our time together and eventually he moved uh, from a city a few miles away and moved in with me and we started talking about it and I still wasn't in favor, of, but he came from a, uh, Catholic background and still had a minor child in the home. And for that reason, it was really, really important. He was important to him just structurally. Um, you know, he likes being married and he felt like it would be the best environment for his to continue to raise his minor son. And so, you know, as in all things marriage, you got to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. I thought this isn't a this isn't a man or the kind of relationship that I'm willing to lose over marriage or not marriage. So we we made some very clear agreements. If we're doing this, we are married till death because I'm not ever going through another divorce. We better be <laughs> really sure, you know. And we both had kind of later life divorces, which are financially devastating. So we really talked it over very thoroughly and decided that you know we would have to you know, make these agreements and we just have to work it out. If we hit, we hit a bump, which all couples do. Right. So as you felt things getting more serious, did you ever have any doubts? Like, do I really want to do this? You know, cause it's, it's kind of like you went in these stages, you know, you kind of played around with it and then you were dating with it. But even with the dating, you still have, you know, 
the the freedom and the ability to kind of stop it whenever you want to. But once you cross that marriage threshold, now it's not so easy to extricate yourself from that situation. So did you ever have any moments of like, okay, do I really want to do this full time? Or were you totally committed? (laughs) Never, never. Well, we started early on, you know, and our, our dynamic has evolved to just an enormous degree because we both have found such joy in it and such, um, you know, a a level of intimacy in our relationship that neither one of us ever thought was possible. And I I can describe that a little bit later, but, uh, in the beginning we, we, we started playing with the dynamic right away. Every, you know, we would reach out and occasionally have a threesome, which was fun and enjoyable. And, you know, an actual threesome or a threesome, like, like you being with somebody and him listening or watching on FaceTime or something. No, an an actual threesome. So that's where we started. We started in sort of the swing, you know, it's sort of in that camp. Um, But I found that over time I was losing interest in uh, more casual kind of hookup things. And so we thought, well, what, how, where do we go from here? So, you know, now we're married and we, you know, we're open-minded. It's hard. It's been hard to find uh, compatible people, but we started all the way from there, which was sort of a casual swing thing to this last year, um, developed a deep abiding friendship and relationship with uh, a man who lives in another, lived in another state and we're not together anymore for a variety of reasons. But, you know, I actually fell in love with him. You know, if circumstances would have been different and this is how my my conversation with my husband evolved. Um, we went from, we just want to be casual and make sure that we don't get too emotionally attached to a third. So we won't see him very often too. We want a third to live with us. Mm -hmm. You know, we want, we want this, full time. And so this person uh, that I got really involved with, actually we all three of us had an incredibly great relationship. Um, They had a close friendship. You know, I fell in love with him. He fell in love with me. And so here the complication was, it all sounded rosy, but he was married and he lives in another state. So Mm -hmm. it just wasn't sustainable. And I thought, I don't want to continue to pump all this energy into that when there's no way that he's ever going to be what we're looking for because he's not free to do that. Right. And ethically, ethically it doesn't play with me to, uh, to play with, uh, non-consensual, uh, people that are, have, that are lying to their spouses. It, you know, ethically that doesn't line up with us. So, so we don't see, but we had the experience. The point of telling that story is, it was a demonstration to us how far we had come that we were not only willing to entertain the third person, but actually get into a real life partner kind of, uh, relationship dynamic with him. And we'd still would love to find that if we could, you know, we haven't been, we haven't found another person that we've felt as close to as we did him, but, but the, but the hunt goes on. But right. the point is that we have evolved so much from let's just stick our toe in over here to let's not let's find somebody real that wants to like do this full time. We talked about the power exchange in the house who would be sort of the head of the household and you know, all of that stuff. So we've, we've segued from 
just play to uh, the, probably some polyandry would probably be the closest uh, description. Yeah, that's what it and, sounds uh, like. Yeah. And that would suit me perfectly because, frankly, I hate shopping and I hate dating. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely hate it. So, you know, I'm always going to be looking for someone that's willing to invest the time and effort into something more substantive. But it's much, much harder to find that. I mean, my experience has been if, if, as a woman, if you're willing to have loads of casual sex and especially with married people, you know, you can keep your dance card full per- perpetually. <laughs> But I no longer have interest in just casual sex. I don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I don't have a connection, you know, intellectually and and emotionally, then I I don't go there. And so that takes a lot more time to develop. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you something about something you uh, said a little bit ago, just for clarification. When you said you guys got started and you were kind of doing the casual swinging thing. When you say swinging, you're not, are you talking about swinging with other couples or even from the very beginning, it's just been single men? Only single men. Um, Rick, my husband never, um, um, he's never expressed any interest in, I mean, he's very, very comfortable with the cuckold dynamic. And I feel fortunate in that because I, I can, you know, that question comes up frequently from, people that talk to us about this dynamic, you know, what happens if he wants to see somebody else? Well, he just doesn't at this point. I think if something came up that he did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was just like everything else. You have to have a very, very good communication and you have to really break it down and say, okay, what are the pros and cons of changing this? But I don't really see that happening. I mean, he's so exhilarated when I'm with a lover that I'm connected to that mm. there just isn't anything there. There's no conquest that he could have out there. I don't think. Right. Um, it's just, it, it's just how his brain is wired. You know, that, that's, that's where his pleasure comes in. And, and for, you know, a lot of men that I've known who think like that, the prospect of being with somebody else, it almost causes them like anxiety, like, it's almost like work. Like, well, I don't want to have to get to know them and have to do this. And then I got to perform and do this. And where with, when they get to enjoy their partner with somebody else, they get to just lose themselves in the moment. And it's, it's kind of carefree. It's, it's sitting back, you know, let's be honest, somebody else is kind of doing the heavy lifting and, you know, and, and they're able to just enjoy it without there being any pressure, so to speak, you know? Yes, that's exactly. That's exactly it. And, um, and, but an even bigger component than the fact that that's his hard wiring. That's where he finds the most joy. What playing with this dynamic has done for us. It is, it is created, as I mentioned before, this incredible depth of intimacy between us. I mean, there just isn't anything that we don't know about each other. And the trust is so high. Mm-hmm. The trust is so high. Well, he has had an experience of true evolution by playing in this dynamic. He's, he's had an opportunity as a cup to see himself in ways that he never could before. And because we're respectful with one another as he, you know, as he places himself as let's say subservient to my black lover, um, 
You know, he, he confronts all sorts of stuff that comes up for him, but it's liberating for him. There's, there's an, there's an tangible benefit for men who can really give them, I think for men and women who can give themselves over to this, if this is their hardwiring, because it has been an absolute rocket ship to his own evolution. And that's, that's bound him to me and me to him in ways that, you know, no other thing ever has, or I don't think ever could. No, it's, it's interesting. So it's, mu- it's much more. It's much more than just enjoying watching me, right. you know, with my black lovers. It, it, is a, it is an absolute evolution tool for us, for both of us. Um, it's interesting that you, that you say what you said, because one of the things that I've noticed over the years is for the men who, who seek out these types of relationships, it kind of evolves in, in stages where, you know, initially, you know, when they discover that this is the kind of thing that turns them on, there's that struggle, you know, they, they kind of go through a little bit of, of denial because obviously this runs counter to everything that society says a man should be and do. So there's that, that denial phase and then there's an acceptance phase. And most, most of the cuckold husbands that I know live in that acceptance phase, you know, where, okay, this is what I am. This is what I want. This is what I like. It makes her happy. And they kind of stay on that level. And when they're on that level, every once in a while, something will come up and they'll kind of get off kilter a little bit. And then they kind of come back to center. But the other phase, and this sounds like this is the phase where your husband is in. And I know a few husbands who are at this phase where they totally embrace it, you know, and when they get to that point, it's like the, the, the surface of the water is just totally smooth. Like everything seems to like there's a clarity that comes with it and they learn to celebrate not just being a cuck, but it's like they're proud to be a cuck. Like they're proud to be that figure in their woman's life. And for me, it's such a pleasure when I see those men that have crossed over into that embracing phase of it. Would you say you've seen that from your perspective? Because the way you talk about it, it sounds like he's in that realm. Like he's at the point where he's embracing everything about it. Well, absolutely. I think, I mean, there isn't one single thing that thrills him more, excites him more, stimulates him more than even the thought of me being with a lover. Um, and he's, he's just as drawn to people of color as I am. And so he, he's all in that. But so I, here's how it evolved for him. He discovered his own fuck nature with his former wife. He, I guess what, as, as the story goes, she had, cheated on him. Then she came home and told him about it. And, um, and at first he was mad and then he started feeling like he was now, and then he got, you know, an erection and like, and then it was all over. And so they became swingers after that because, you know, he realized that his initial horror at the thought uh, was actually stimulating to him. And so, so they would, they would go to, you know, parties and different things and he would sort of, stand around and watch and enjoy that. So, so his recognition of his own tendency started back there, but it's been developed to a, just a ridiculous degree 
our relationship. And now, you know, there is, there just isn't anything that's going to, to work for him more than this. He, he not only accepts it and embraces, he, he fosters it, mm-hmm. you know, and the proof, the proof is in the pudding. When I can be with, you know, our, our former lover and, and he watches us actually fall in love with each other, which we did. Um, he was as happy as he could be, you know, we just couldn't sustain it because of those two factors. Right. But, because of his situation. You know, that's the, that, that is the proof in the pudding right there that he is never conflicted about it. And he would embrace somebody else into that, uh, that dynamic in a minute if we could find him. Okay. So from a, I guess from a, um, as far as activities, uh, aside from him watching, what other types of, of what people, I guess, would classify as, as cuckolding activities do you guys enjoy? Like, in other words, how do you enjoy wielding your sexual power over your cuck? Like, what do you like, to, like What kind of situations do you like to put him in? Like, do you cage him? Um, does humiliation play a, a part in your dynamic at all? Um, is denial a part of your dynamic? Like, what types of things do you enjoy doing with him? Yes. To all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's all of that. Uh, and you know what I, what I'm obtaining from this is a, it's an experience of my freedom. Women are not free in our culture. Oh no, not you at know, all. We're, bur- we're, we're burdened by the expectations of religion and traditional stuff and, uh, we are not free. And that's, you know, that is one of the driving principles of my life. And so it gives me a chance to exert my power and be free. I literally can go meet anyone, have sex with anyone, get, get involved with anyone. That freedom is so heady for me. For him, and so what, so we worked on the, the dynamic as far as what was pleasurable to him, but we discovered he has a tremendous need for humiliation. And I didn't understand that at first because in this culture, women are very conditioned to never hurt anyone's feelings and to never, you know, never shame anyone. And so it, it was confusing to me. So we actually took a class uh, with a pro dom who specialized in humiliation and she described it in such a way that made complete sense to me. What she said, it, what humiliation is, it is a, it is actually a, personal growth mechanism where you get to excavate guilt, sexual guilt and shame. That's exactly where it goes to everything that you might have guilt or shame about can be a mechanism for humiliation because what happens is in a humiliation, if you do it the right way, it excavates that guilt and shame and it eroticizes it. So to give you an example, uh, you know, the obvious thing that, um, that my husband really responds to, no matter what the actual anatomy is, I'll always talk about how small his penis is compared to my black lover. Always, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't even matter, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, and he just melts. He just melts. Um, you know, I, I might end up, you know, I would, you know, ask him to fluff. And again, we discuss all of this with our partner extensively before we ever engage to make sure that we're clear on everybody's 
especially the guy that we don't know as well as we know each other, what are their boundaries? What are the things that they enjoy? What are the things that they absolutely don't want to do? And so we go by that. We go by that first and foremost. It's important to, to clearly communicate with that person. And so that, you know, the point of this is that it's got to be a win-win-win for everybody. So depending on what the bull wants and desires, he may fluff. Um, he really enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Some bulls, some bulls don't want to be touched in any way, shape, or form. That's okay too. And then he'll excuse himself to the guest room and just listen and you know have a party over there. But usually, I'll send him over there with the cage, so he can't really do anything about it. And then he just goes wild after it's all over. But, <laughs> but, uh, but so that's part of it. He, you know, I think the uh, sort of the ultimate uh, humiliation. Uh, for a cuck is the cleanup, you know, where he's actually going to taste another man's cum from my pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like the ultimate humiliation thing. And he loves that too. So, you know, so he, he, we do all of that stuff. Um, you know, I, when he's doing a fluffing or anything like that, I might call him you know, a little sissy. It's things like we, we tend to take a sort of a playful approach to it. Right. It's never, it's never mean spirited, but these are the things that crawl underneath his skin and they get inside his head and he just goes wild. And so, so, so we play with that and expand on that as, as creatively as I can think, I will bring more and more things of that sort. Uh, but again, a lot depends on that third person and what they want, and um, and then we go by that. Okay, I totally get that, and that's one thing that's that's beautiful about being in a in a dominant position is that it really does challenge your creativity. You know, because yeah. you you know that that person is is kind of looking towards you for that growth. You know, so yeah. your mind is constantly like, okay, well, how could I do that different? And, to, you know, if you're wired that way, you know, having your creativity challenged is fun, you know, um, because it, it gives you this freedom to experiment. You right. Know, and to, you know, look at things differently and try things differently and look for inspiration in other places and, you know, hear other people doing something and, and kind of picking something from it like, oh, okay, I like that. I want to try that or let me take that and put my own spin on it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot like having a love for cooking. You know, I always say that there's a difference between people who know how to cook versus people who enjoy cooking, you know? Right. And it remind it reminds me, um, a, a lot of that, you know, so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, you know, to hear you kind of speak on it. One of the things that I'm always curious about um, as far as the effect that this lifestyle has on women is going back to the time you, because like you said, you've always been kind of strong and you made the the decision after your first marriage that I'm not going to be in that position again, not being married again, but not being under someone's thumb and being held to these standards that don't sync up with what I want. Right. So going from that to now, you said you've been uh, married for how many years now? 
seven. Okay. How has this lifestyle affected your confidence and not just in the bedroom, but just your overall confidence, like how you feel about yourself, how you see yourself, how has this lifestyle and being in this type of dynamic uh, affected that? Well, I think it's, it's, you know, I've been a business owner for many years and, and successful. And I, I've always been confident that way. It has certainly increased it because to me, the thing that's heady, the thing that's heady for him is the chance to deal with his own guilt and shame and humiliation. That's, that's so heady for him. For me, it's the, the actual tangible experience of freedom. I am so, so drawn by freedom and the experience of living with him day to day and seeing how these conversations evolve and the people that we meet and where we've gotten involved, you know, it, it's drawn us closer together in every way. But my confidence, having, having the chance to experience real freedom inside of a relationship is a new experience for me. You know, I've never experienced that because all of my relationships prior to this were traditional. You know, this is a level of freedom. I think if more women understood if they could be cherished in a dynamic like this, it, freedom is very addictive. It's very, very addictive. And ironically, that very freedom that I experience that draws me to it so much is exactly the thing that binds me to my husband. I mean, where else am I going to find a man that gives me the kind of latitude that he does? <laughs> so I've always been with very possessive men. And, uh, you know, where else would I, and I have such an appreciation for that. So, you know, it's done those two things, which were kind of surprises to us, but that's what's happened. Okay. So it's, it's interesting because you kind of gave me a nice segue in, into my next question you've experienced this level of freedom that in the vanilla world, very few uh, women get to experience. So I'm just kind of curious, what is it, what do you feel when you hear stories or you see women who are in situations that remind you of your own situation from the past being with whether it's possessive men or controlling men or men who limit them? Like what is, what is that? What kind of emotions does that bring up in you when you hear those stories or, or come across those women, even in your personal life, whether it's through work or maybe you're related to people who are in those situations? Like what kind of emotions does that bring up in you when you see people who are kind of still trapped in those situations? You know, um, that's a really good question, too. I think that um, I think my primary emotion, I feel a lot of sadness. Because I know that women, I mean, you just think about how it is right now in, you know, 21st century, women who enjoy their bodies and enjoy sex and enjoy the freedom to choose, we're just automatically labeled sluts and whores. You know, it's real negative messaging that way. You know, men who, who, who have sex with a million different women, they're studs and masculine mm. and masculine. You know, it's not a fair system. And so I tend to be really reactive and I have to be careful in the kink community because I have a negative reaction. And, and again, this is just my stuff. So you listeners out there, I'm not making any recommendations for you, but <laughs> I personally, I personally uh, feel sad for submissive women. 
um, you know, so many are mistreated and maybe that's what gets them off. But I, I wish I had a, a window into their souls and I could say, you know, it's so much more joyful over here on this side, you know, to just own the things that you like and that you want and be with someone that supports that without degrading and demeaning you. Because the things that I've seen and heard with, in, with real life people are, are degrading and shameful. Uh, ways that women get talked to. So I wish I had a pipeline in there to say, consider being an empowered woman and making choice for yourself and, um, and just giving yourself full permission to enjoy your body, enjoy your sexuality, enjoy variety if that's what you want. Um, I just think that I have a better way. But then again, that's only my perspective and I'm not criticizing anybody that likes to do it the other way. Oh no, and I and I and I to, I totally get that, and you know, uh, obviously that's something that I have a very intimate knowledge of, being that I am a dominant, and you know, I've owned a slave for the past ten years, and it's funny that you bring it up because I can remember, and I think I've spoken about this before on my podcast, where you know we've gone to parties, and people have kind of seen that dynamic. And I've actually had people like pull her aside and take her into the bathroom and like try to rescue her, you know, as if I Mm -hmm. just like clubbed her over the head and subjected her to this life of servitude, you know. Right. And much like I talked about, you know, your husband uh, earlier about that's just the way that he's wired it. This, this, you know, it's, it's the same for, you know, when you're talking about women, but I understand your point in that. There is a lot of uh, people being taken advantage of who maybe not didn't make the conscious choice to say this is what I want, because that's actually part of being an empowered woman is being able to say, I want this because I'm choosing it. Right, right, right. You know, in other words, empowering, empowered doesn't necessarily always mean being in control. I think it means being in control of the decisions that you choose to make and having the power to say, this is what I want because this is what makes me happy. You know, the only thing that I try to say to, you know, submissive women that I come across is to treat that submission like a gift. In other words, it should be earned. Like don't just give it randomly to any person who claims to be a dom you know, it, that's a gift. Like your submission is a gift. And if you don't value it, how can you expect your dominant or at least a true dominant, a person who really understands what the dynamic is all about? How can you expect them to value it? You know, but I can definitely understand why you feel the way that you do, because there are so many people who are being taken advantage of and who didn't really have the option to make that choice, you know, and let's be honest, this, this lifestyle kind of, it, it hides, it, it, it's, it, it, it's shown itself to be a good hiding place for men who are misogynists and abusers, you know, like, well, you sure got that right. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like a, a camouflage for them. Like they're able to exist in this space and, in some cases even flourish because yeah. of the way that the dynamics work sometimes. And that's unfortunate. I mean, that's a part of the lifestyle that's always, I found very, very disheartening, you know, is that 
I know that those people exist in this space. And I know that usually it's the, not usually, but the majority of the time, it's the women who wind up paying the price for that. Yeah, that's right. We have a close friend who's very, very intelligent woman. Um, and she, after her divorce, she wanted to experience her own freedom. And she, she wanted to play with this submissive thing. It was her choice. She wanted to see what it was like. And so she met a couple people and then she went to some club, some play club, um, at some point and she got hooked up with a guy. I think she maybe had had a brief thing with him once before, but long story short, he really hurt her bad and it traumatized her as much as a rape in the street or being assaulted. And she isn't right to this day. I mean, that's been over a year ago and she still uh, has trouble going out in public. She, uh, she won't meet anybody. I mean, it really destroyed her. So this is a real thing. And that's why I'm saying, um, I think everybody playing in this dynamic, no matter what your role is or what your preferences are, it can be used as a tool for self-knowledge and evolution if you see it that way. But too many people are, don't, don't know themselves really well. And they think that, you know, they think they want this thing and they don't really know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. But I think if you, if you really, really are dedicated to your own evolutionary growth, you really know yourself well and you're willing to assert, uh, just as you said, you know, your preferences and pursue the things that you're curious about. But, you know, I, I feel so bad for her. And I think that's part of the reason that I'm so negative on submissive women, because I've seen the dark side of that. And it literally, I don't know if she's ever going to recover from this fully. Um, you know, it, it, she just went so far beyond and I don't think she knew how to stop him. They probably didn't have the safe. I don't know how it all happened, but I just know that it just darn near destroyed her. And so, so that's the thing. I, I just would like more people, more women to at least consider, you know, know yourself deeply, do some personal growth work and then pursue the things that genuinely make you happy. You know, I, I know for myself, you know, I'm a more dominant woman, but what I love about, Black men specifically is that they're so confident in their masculinity. More often than not, they do tend to be more, you know, if not dominant, assertive. And what that does for me as also a strong woman is it gives me permission when I'm with a man that's fully in his masculinity. And I'm not talking about any kind of abusive or even necessarily dominant thing, but an assertive, confident man it gives me permission to be fully feminine and I give myself into that. So on some level I can understand wanting to surrender into the strength of a stronger man, you know, because my husband's playing a different role Mm -hmm. and I, I love that contrast. I love that contrast. And so I love strong black men. Now they can't order me around like I'm some sort of, (laughs) (laughs) So those are the things we have to talk carefully about prior to, but I love strong, confident men and uh, that it allows me to fully embrace 
you know, giving up my strength and my willfulness for a little bit of a, a little bit of time and let it, letting somebody else drive it. Well, that's a new experience for me, mm-hmm. and I like it. I, I don't really consider it submissive, but I do love surrendering into the arms of a confident man. Well, that, and that just speaks to uh, the freedom that you alluded to earlier is that because of this situation that you've created for yourself, you don't have to choose. Like you have the freedom to go from being dominant with your cuck to surrendering to your lover and just making that seamless transition back and forth between the two, because you are a multifaceted person. You do have these different aspects you know, to your personality. You're not just one thing. And because of this world that you've created for yourself, like you said, it's the freedom. And, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I always try to highlight. And one of the things I truly enjoy about this lifestyle is the freedom uh, that it gives women to, to seek their own truth, whatever that truth may be. You know, yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't have to be one thing. Right. And that's the key. You know, it still gets back to self-knowledge. And that's true for both men and women. You know, the, the, the more people really know themselves deeply and, and are not afraid to authentically show up and talk about what they really need and want, you know, that's when any kind of these dynamics, as multifaceted as they are, that's when they there's a really big payoff in that if you use it as a tool for growth, because that's available to you if you see it that way. And, and in my experience and all the people that I know and all the people that I interview, you know, that self-knowledge is a key component to this. People that have done very little personal growth and don't really know themselves well are most likely to be caught in a situation like my friend was, or most likely to be highly disillusioned because they had a totally different expectation and, and weren't able to clearly communicate about what they need and what they want. No, And, and that's the oops, part for me that, that's addictive. It's addictive. Uh, that freedom is addictive to me. So let me ask you in your travels, since you've been, been walking this road, have you exposed um, any women that you've encountered to this lifestyle? Um, well, that's an interesting question. So I I get asked very often, do my friends, do our friends know about what we do in our private time? And so I have like two sets of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a very high profile, uh, successful career here in our town, you know, for a couple of decades, I'm fairly well known in town, certainly not everybody, but in a certain niche, I'm you know, and I have a lot of former clients and I have colleagues and in that world, I don't have the slightest interest in them knowing anything about my personal life. I'm now retired out of that business, but I still have presence here. And so I, we, we keep that, you know, we don't share any of that. And so we have begun to foster more relationships on the kink side. And we have a few very, very good friends there that we can just be open and out with. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that's satisfying but as far as you know and we do have a few of our friends that have been in the kink community in one way or the other that are now curious 
about the cuckold dynamic because the group that we sort of uh, gravitated to was more of a femdom group where the, the males are submissive and some of them, you know, want impact play and some of them just want humiliation. But so, but some of some in that group, in the femdom group, are starting to really question and really ask ask me questions about, well, you know, how did you, how did you discover a lot of the questions that you've asked, you know, and that's a group I think that's primed. They're already strong women and they're starting to try on this notion of cuckolding rather than just, you know, slave husbands. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll see where all that goes. But as far as approaching anybody that I don't know about that, uh, no, nah, it just doesn't happen. I'm, I'm trying to keep my, former professional life and my private life separate. So, so you have other, like you said, people that are specifically in the kink community. So, cause I'm always curious if couples know other couples, like does your husband know personally other cucks? We do. Uh, we do. And actually we've actually thought that out. So a couple of the places where we have advertised for lovers, we, uh, somebody contacted us <clears throat> we had posted a little ad and a couple contacted us saying, I feel your pain. We're having a lot of trouble finding anyone too. And it'd just be great to talk to you sometimes. So we met them for, you know, we met them for a glass of wine and it was just joyful to, to share stories with somebody else. So we're actively seeking as much as, you know, uh, a lover for me that's more or less a long term. Uh, we're actively seeking out other couples too that share this um, this particular dynamic because it's it's important to be to feel like you're not just isolated with it. Oh no, absolutely, and I'm I'm a huge proponent on community, you know, and I you know I always try to tell couples, you know, I I know that you want to put all your time into finding you know bulls for your wife, but put some time into just meeting other couples as well. You know, absolutely. And if 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 you can't find any locally, you know, don't be afraid to have like a pen pal. Like even if they live in another state, just someone who you can talk to, right, and relate to who who understands the path that you're walking. Someone who you don't have to explain what cuckolding is or what hot wifing is or what FLR is. Like they they get it right. because they're they're dealing with the same things. And I've talked to a number of people who, even though they may have only just recently met another couple or another hot wife or another cuckoldress or another cuck, they've quickly become really close friends because there's a level of honesty and transparency that comes with that, that for most people, you don't experience that in your vanilla life. Like you have to constantly hold back what you're feeling, what you're thinking, why you're feeling it, why you're thinking it. And so you can't really have those soul searching conversations because what you're hiding from them impacts you so much, you know, so it's, I'm I'm always encouraging people to, you know, put effort into it. Like don't, don't wait for it to just happen like like the same way that you're not just waiting for your wife to find a bull, like you're putting effort into that. 
So put effort into cultivating those types of friendships as well, because I think that it's a huge, huge benefit. It is. And the friends that we have um, that know fully our situation, you're exactly right. Those are close, close relationships. And it's the first, you know, it's the only group of people, to be honest, that we can be fully authentic with because they know all about our professional lives. They know all about our vanilla lives you know, but they also know this side. And so we, you know, we can talk about anything and everything and it's so freeing. It's so joyful and it's so freeing to just be who you are and to be with a, a group of people that are non-judgmental about it. You know, they know all of our dark little secrets and they're not judgmental about it. And, you know, as a woman, that's a unique experience because we're so quickly judged by everybody all the time for everything. If we're not thin enough, if we're not pretty enough, if we're, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, women are constantly criticized for everything. And so to be accepted uh, exactly as you are uh, with a group of people is so, so, so empowering. And I agree with you completely. Uh, We want to, we want to foster many more, other relationships and you know and we're all used to it now in the age of covid we've all been virtually you know <laughs> meeting and greeting for a couple of years now and so we're no strangers to that so mm-hmm. those barriers have kind of come down but but you're right i i definitely we both are we both want to have more relationships in this lifestyle no that's a that's a that's a a, a, a beautiful thing um my listeners are always curious uh, and, and sometimes they want to reach out to people. Do you have any kind of uh, social media presence where if someone wanted to reach out to you, they would be able to, or do you belong to any I websites do. that they I, could I, find you on? Yes. Yes, I do. I have a couple things. Uh, a fun one is on Tumblr. It's woman's pleasures uh, on Tumblr. You can find me there. And that's a, you know, it's a pictorial blog, but it's, a lot of the images that I find erotic or exciting and, and a few memes that I find meaningful or funny. So that's that. And then my actual website is where I curate all my writing. So the things, you know, I'll put my podcast and put, you know, the things that I write, the articles that I write there. And that is uh, com, And it's just as it sounds. Is it crystal with uh, a C but, or a K? With a C. Okay. So that would be C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-W-E-L-C-H. All right. I'll make sure that I include that uh, with your episode. Yeah. And so, and I'm always looking for interaction and feedback. Um, I, I'm, I will entertain questions anywhere and everywhere. There's a way for them to get in contact with me um, on the on the Crystal Welch website. And so, yeah, so that's, you know, and typically when we're trying to get to know someone, I will direct people to both of those. The Tumblr blog gives a great flavor of the things that excite me and stimulate me and that I find beautiful. And uh, so that there's a visual there. And then, you know, all the twisted little thoughts that go through my mind are in my writing. And so that's over there on the website. So, <laughs> you know, if somebody, if somebody actually wants to know what I'm all about, it's pretty easy. If you spend any time on those two things, you'll pretty much know 
all there is to know about me. No, that's 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 awesome. I I love how, uh, like I love it when I see people that are promoting this lifestyle or kind of giving something back to it, whether it's through their writing or podcast or magazines, just people giving back to it, you know, because there are so many people who are out there and still trying to kind of find their way. And, you know, I remember what it felt like to feel like there was something wrong with you for being into this, you know, and I know that there are, you know, are many people still struggling with that. And that was, you know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to let people know that, Hey, maybe in your circle, you don't know anyone who's, you know, who's thinking this way, but there are a bunch of other people around the world who are thinking exactly the way that you're thinking, you know, and letting them know that you're not alone, you know, yeah, and, that's right. and, and not to be afraid to explore this. And reach out, reach out to people who you feel some simpatico with recently. Um, I, had the occasion. I, David Lay's book, uh, Insatiable Wives, was mm-hmm. recommended to me, and um, and he talks a lot about this. He's a researcher too, so he he talks a lot in that book about this cuckold dynamic and the, the empowerment for women. And he sees this, and he's he's a fairly prominent guy. He sees this as a trend that is growing more and more and more people. I mean, cuckolding is one of the top searches on porn. Oh yeah. Uh, It's getting bigger. It's it's growing every day. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. And so I reached out to him just because I, I was so in alignment with what he writes. And I said, Hey, I'm the woman that you write about. I'm the (laughs) one that chose this. I'm the one that, you know, fosters this and it's been a wild success. So, uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do a, a podcast together here, uh, toward the end of the summer and beginning of the fall. But, Yes, it is growing, and we all need to lend our voices to help the other people who are trying to find their way. No, absolutely. I mean, you you spoke on something earlier, and it it brought something to mind as far as talking about just the sheer number of obstacles that are placed in front of women in in society. And I think one of the big ones is that men don't want to marry a woman like that. And I'm, I'm using air quotes, you know, you know, society makes you think that. And to me, for anyone that listens to my show, they know the word slut is my favorite word, you know, because to me it's something positive. Like I choose, that's the way I choose to carry it. That's the way I choose to use it. Like to me, the word slut is a sexually empowered woman, you know, a woman who doesn't allow society to dictate how she conducts herself you know, she kind of, right. you know, she, she forges her own path and she does what makes her feel good. So for me, when I use the word slut, that's what it says to me. But society says that men, men will fuck a slut, but society says right. that men won't fall in love with and marry a slut. And those of us in the lifestyle know, oh, that's total bullshit. <laughs> that is so not true. Yeah. Like that's total bullshit. There, there, like, are, there are plenty right. of men out there who would love to to give their heart and dedicate their life to being uh, with a woman like that. Because as, as a man, we don't face that as a man. I, there was never a moment in my life where I heard that, Hey man, there's no women out there that want to be with a guy who likes, you know, who's had kind of a, you know, a checkered, not checkered, but you know, 
who, who was a very sexual. Yeah, child. yeah, sexually yeah. like that. That's never been a deterrent for us. We've never felt like that. No. limits. You're not criticized our, for right. it. It's only women. Yeah, it's only women that have been. I mean, in some countries to this very day, are killed for infidelity. So this is not just America, and it's not just recent. It, it's throughout history that women have never been allowed to be free in that way, and so this lifestyle is so empowering because we're we're bearing the sins of thousands of years of evolution you know and trying to turn the the narrative on that mm-hmm. you know there are there are many of us out here that are proud card carrying sluts and we and we see that as a positive thing but you're right society doesn't see it that way that you know, a woman who enjoys her body or makes choices on her own is something to be disdained. But we, they all want to fuck us anyway, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it's just, it's a double standard that I, that that's my hope underneath all of this is that I hope I can encourage more women to consider becoming a cuckoldress because that's the, that's the slot right there that will give you ultimate freedom and the most intimate, loving, devoted relationship. I mean, it's all things. Mm-hmm. It's all things. Uh, one of my other favorite, favorite uh, relationship experts, Esther Perel, many people know her. She's got a million TED Talks. Um, but she, she's a quote that I, I, tip, I pivot around often, and she said, all people, all men and all women, have two core conflicting needs that they have to resolve. On one hand, we all have the need for safety, security, and stability. And that's, we seek that out in our relationship. She said, by this, we also have a need for excitement, change, and a dynamic growth. And she said, that's where people get into trouble with marriage because they, they will get married looking for the safety and stability part. And then, you know, two or five years later, they're looking for the excitement and the change part. And they'll either divorce or they'll cheat. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. And so I thought, man, that's brilliant. And this is a way, from my viewpoint, cuckolding is a way to resolve those two things. We have both of it. We have an incredibly safe, secure, stable relationship and an incredibly dynamic, changing one because of the, the, you know, the other men that I can bring into this. So we, we have found a sweet spot for us. I'm not saying it's right for everyone, but keep that in mind. And I, I would say, apply that to your own situation. Do you have a methodology to foster safety and stability and also to foster change and growth? Whatever your method is, we all have both of those needs. And if you check in, you can, you can understand that that is a true statement. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, um, I, you know, I see it all the time and, you know, you can see the, how some people are conflicted, you know, and like you oh, said, yeah. why, why people stray and, and because that, you know, they get to the point in their marriages where like you said, they have the safety and the security and everything, but there's, there's, there's no excitement at all. Zone. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I, one of the things that I often say to people is there's a big, big difference between living and feeling alive. Yeah, that's you know, right. And, that's you know, it's nice to have the opportunity to experience both, you know? Well, and you know, when you consider, you know, our statistics 
right now today are, uh, you know, over 50% of marriages end in divorce and another 28% beyond that uh, cheat. So if you're looking at any system, any system in our society that has a 78% failure rate, I think you have to question that system. And that system I'm talking about is monogamous marriage. You know, I think it's up to be questioned. It Mm -hmm. has a very, very poor success rate. And so if more people would consider some of these underlying issues and causes and, uh, and reasons that people divorce and cheat at the rate that they do, doesn't it make sense that more people would be looking for an alternative? How can we be in our relationship and have both of those things foster our safety and security and also change and growth? And I think if more people would be open to just that one statement, uh, there may, you know, I believe that we could impact the numbers of divorces and cheaters that are out there. That's my hope anyway. Well, hopefully that's what we're doing. You know, hopefully that's what we're doing is we're slowly, you know, slowly changing the landscape. And, and, you know, the main thing is that we're showing women that, Hey, this is an option, you know, like this is, this is worth looking into if you have thoughts along those lines. And I yeah, that's and a I start. think it, it's a start. And, you know, if you ask yourself, those, you know, that question, like, let's check in with our, let's say you're with somebody. Do we have both of those components? Do we have a way to keep dynamically growing and also not have it threaten our safety and our stability? Because this isn't the only way to do it. It's our way. But, you know, it might be a it might be a call to deepen your intimacy and deepen your authenticity and deepen your relationship with your partner. And both of you figure that out together. What would cause us to be, you know, feel like we're dynamically growing and also that we're, we're stable. You know, that's a great question for any couples to be wrapped up in because you'll come up with your own solutions and your own ways. If you acknowledge or believe that that statement is true, that we all have both of those needs. And so the, the trick is to find your way, mm-hmm. your way. This is a way, right? This is our way, but there's a many different ways to approach that. Uh, if you accept the basic premise of it, that that statement is true. No, absolutely. And, and the soul searching part of it is very important. And the, the, the finding your truth, you know, finding out what makes you happy. Cause that's one of the things that I always tell people about this, that I find so beautiful about this lifestyle is you, you can have it the way you want it. You just have to believe yeah. you, you, first you have to believe that you're worth it. Yeah. And once you believe that you're worth it, you can go out there and make it happen regardless of how strange it may sound. You know, like I tell people all the time, like I didn't, I didn't fall into living with two women, you know, like I knew that that was what I wanted. And so I began to take the steps to make that happen. And, you know, you're going to meet people who don't want the same things that you do. And, you know, you just have to have the, the, the belief in what you want to say, Hey, I respect you, you know, but I'm not going to force you to, to, to you know, to, to walk the path that I'm walking but I know that I'm not going to deviate from this path for anyone. So have a nice life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, you know, that's like exactly right. Exactly. And so, 
you know, I tell people all the time, this, this, this lifestyle can be what you make it, you know, like there's no one way to cuck hold, you know, if you still enjoy having sex with your husband, just, you know, just because it's a cuck, you, you can, you know, there are some cucks that are cut off and there's some that fuck their wives several times a week. You know, it doesn't make him yeah. less of a cuck, yeah. you know, like you, yeah. you, you build it the way that you want it. And then you find no, someone is, who wants the same thing that you do. So it's, it's, you know, I, I definitely echo what you've been saying and, and the, just the sheer possibilities that this lifestyle presents and the wide variety of things that you can do, you know, within the lifestyle. So, you know, that's why I'll continue doing what I do. I'm trying to make as many people aware about it and thinking about it as, as I possibly can. And we appreciate you for that, Michael, really, because you're, you're doing a valuable thing and, and you started doing it when it wasn't that popular of a conversation, but it has just blown up. It's blown up. Uh, and I think that um, that sensitivity that we can approach this with and have elevated conversations about it is it, helpful to everyone. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's a, it's a labor of love, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, it is. so with that being said, I'm always trying to be mindful of, of the time. So I want to thank you, C, for, you know, for coming on and letting me be nosy and dig all into your private life and everything and, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and answer my questions and, and just for sharing your story. Well, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity really a lot. And I, I hope that your listeners benefit from it. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm open to answer any questions that, that people have. So, um, I'll look forward to that. And I, and thank you again for the opportunity. Oh no, the pleasure, trust me, the pleasure, the pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. I'm glad that I'm glad that we were finally able to, you know, to get it done. So, um, yeah, 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 sure. You know, so with that being said, I want to thank, you know, everyone who's listening, you know, as always, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys know what you mean to me. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it was not for your continued support. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you uh, to those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters. Like I always say, maybe this will be the episode that will convince you to say, hey, you know what? We like what that Michael C. guy is doing and we want to, you know, we want to see him continue doing it. So we're going to step up and support him. So with that being said, I'm your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And I will see you when I see you. Peace.